are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bibles, please, tonight, and let's turn to the book of Acts. We'll be using our Bibles tonight. sort of a good idea. If you're going to be in church, might as well use the Bible. And uh, we're talking, been speaking now. This is our third week, and we'll go at least one more week after this. To protect this mind, you recall that the mind is called the heart. The brain has three divisions. One division of our brain is our heart. We have a physical heart. We have a portion of our brain is called the heart. That is where we uh, have our senses of feelings and emotions and our thought process is in the heart. It's in the mind. And so it's, it's like Valentine. We, we say, I have a sweetheart. I'm going to give you my heart. We're not giving our heart that pumps we're giving our mind, our consciousness to that person. The mind has to be protected. For as a man thinketh, that's Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We, we must keep the heart right. Must keep it encouraged. Must keep it positive. Must keep it anger free. Must keep it without malice without envy, without jealousy, without strife, without being negative, without finding the fault in everyone else. People that find fault in everyone else are always masking their own problems. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We act out in our life, and we saw that initially from 1 Samuel 27, we act out in life what we put in our brain, in our heart. Now, we found there are two avenues to the heart. There are two ways that we can affect our heart, our thinking process. It's the eye gate and it's the ear gate. Everything that comes in through the ear goes to the heart. Everything that comes from the eye goes to the heart. Someone says, you are the dumbest da-da-da-da-da-da-da I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why I said that. Oh, yes, you did. You've already thought it. You thought it because you observed something in that person or you heard something and you filed away because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when we say things, it's already been lodged in the heart and it comes out through the mouth. And so last week, if you remember, we saw the eye gate. The Bible says in Lamentations, if you want to write it down, 351. The Bible says this, mine eye, what? Affecteth my, my heart. So what I see is gonna affect this. That's why we have to put a watch, Job 38.1, on our eyes. That's why we have to put a watch on our ears so that it doesn't affect our mind because I'm supposed to think on things that are lovely and honest and pure and good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace whose mind, that deals with the heart, mind is stayed on thee. I must protect my heart. I don't need to hear negativity. 
If I want to do that, I'll listen to the news. I don't want to hear negativity. I don't want to hear hopelessness. I'll try to run from it. I want to run to hope, uh, hope, not what run to hopelessness. I, I want to run to God can, God's able. I, I don't want to, what can't be done. Now, in the Bible, by the way, you'll see both. Tonight, it's the ears. Look at Acts 4, and we'll begin here and we'll move around. Acts 4.20. Let's read verse 20, chapter 4, the book of Acts, verse number 20. Ready? Begin. For we cannot but speak. You folks need to go back to kindergarten. I mean, you're wonderful people. That's about the ter most terrible reading I've ever heard in my life. I didn't give you enough time, I'm sorry. Acts 4, uh, El Foro, Uno, Dos, Tres, Cuatro, Cuatro, Twenty, Oh, I, 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 I'm probably offending someone here. If I go over to the Spanish church, I would not offend them. They would laugh, but uh, I know you can't do anything nowadays. Are you ready? Chapter 4, verse 20. Let's read it together uh, like independent temperamental Baptists. Ready? Begin. We cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. What we've seen and what we heard comes out the mouth. And so tonight we're looking at the ears. Oh, be careful of the ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful of the ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful of the ears, what you hear. In this world in which we live right now, especially in America, we are seeing and what we're hearing is not very positive. We see things, we hear things. I think the buzz, all everybody knows what the governor did today against the church and against the Christian school and against all these things. He, he hates God's work. There's a preacher in Southern California, and you might be watching and following it, uh, John MacArthur. We don't like his position on the blood. I don't like his position on non-King James, but he's 81 years of age. He's preached there for years, and he said, we're going back to church, and now they're finding him every day. Now they're threatening to jail the man. Though there is some theology I don't agree with, and I'm a Baptist, he's not, wait a minute. That man undoubtedly loves God. Wait a minute, hold on. The man has preached in the same church for probably 40-some years, and we take 18,000 felons, murderers, robbers, and we take them out of the prisons, and we're getting them ready for a, a, an 81-year-old preacher to go to jail? You've got to be kidding me, Mr. Newsom. The Bible says that, that what we see and what we hear, we have to be very, very careful I do hear a lot from people all day long. I get emails I, and, and they run them off for me. I got so much today about all this stuff and I read it, I need to know what's going on. But I, I'm not a news guy on TV very much. It's just, it's too depressing. It's too negative. There's not one thing that inspires me to conquer anything. Not one news article gives me courage, gives me boldness, gives me vigor. It discourages me. So I gotta watch what I see and what I hear. Leaders, great leaders, are not motivated by fear, but rather by responsibility, opportunities, 
I am motivated today to do something about this anti-God movement. I'm doing everything, I'm trying to do everything I can. But if we're not careful, we ignore the opportunity. There was a, a boy, just a kid, a teenager, and, and in 1 Samuel, in chapter 17, his older brothers were there and they were running from the Philistine because he said, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take you Jews out. I'm gonna kill all of you. And he got there and he said, hey brothers, he was the run of the family. He said, is there not a cause? Here's a man that saw an obstacle, but yeah, they saw the obstacle, he saw the opportunity. He said, there's a cause. Let's do something about this guy. Man, you imagine the thud when he falls down? You imagine what could happen? This is gonna be awesome. I've got this slingshot. Let, let me get five stones, because I heard he's got four brothers too, the Bible tells us. So I might get the whole lot all at one shot. I use this one for the man Goliath. But if his four brothers are here, I'm going after all four of them, all five together. He saw opportunity. He looked and he said, opportunity, his brain was engaged. Let me do something about it. Oh, there's no hope for the church. We're gonna, we're gonna have to just shut the doors and, and obey. That's not what they're doing here. It says in this text here, we ought to obey God rather than man. Amen. Esther, Esther, others saw obstacles. She saw opportunity. She said in chapter four, if I it's the last verse, whatever the last verse is, 17, 18, 19. If I perish, I perish. She said, okay, I'm the queen, but if I perish, I perish. Yeah. Mordecai, her uncle, said this. He said, I want you to see a great opportunity here, Esther, because uh, he said, I want you to see that thou art come into the kingdom for such, help me, a time as this. We're here for an opportunity. It may be a lady that God's gonna use, an Esther, a Deborah, a Ruth. Maybe God somehow is gonna use a, a teenage girl. Maybe God's gonna uh, use some elderly, sainted woman of God. Maybe God's gonna use a young teenage boy or a teenage or a college-age man or a, an older man or a middle-aged, I don't know what, but God may just choose. I said, I'll be, my, I'll be the David, I'll throw that sling. I've come to the kingdom for an hour like this. We cannot give up hope. We, we cannot lose our hope. Always when people, if you'll turn with me, please, in your Bibles, go to Numbers 14. When, when God raises up help, generally speaking, Numbers 14, people turn on the one that's trying to give them help. Be very careful about turning on your dad or your mother or your pastor or the church because God always raises someone up to help. Here's Joshua and Caleb in chapter 14. And the Bible says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and they wept that night. And all the children of Israel, what'd they do? Against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation 
and said to them, would to God we had died in the land of Egypt, or would to God we had died in this wilderness. Little latter part of verse three, oh, were it not better for us to return into Egypt? They said to one another, let's make a captain, let's return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephthah, which were with them, searched the land and rent their clothes. Verse number nine, only rebel not against the Lord. But verse 10, they turned on the men that were trying to help them, but all the congregation bade stone them with stones. This is not the time to tear down God's men. It's not the time to sit on their hands. It's not time to weaken them. It's not time to say, well, I'm upset. I'm just, I'm just out of here. It is time to anchor in like just, you go back to chapter number 13 where you're right here. The people uh, in verse number 28, were, it's a walled city and the cities were walled, very great. Verse 30, Caleb stilled the people before Moses said, let us go up at once for we be able to overcome it. And the men that went up with him said, we be not able. It brought an evil report. Oh, the Bible says in verse number, they eateth up, verse 32, they eateth up the inhabitants thereof. Isn't it amazing how we embellish things? They're not eating people. Oh, they're just eating them up. Look at verse number 33. And we, we, oh, watch this here. And there we saw. What affects the brain, ladies and gentlemen? The what? The eye. And when we saw the sons of Anak, which are come of the giants, we in our own sight were as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. You see something, and then by chapter number four, they're speaking something. They murmured, and they said, let's kill the leader that God raised up. Turn with me, if you will. Well, for the sake of time, don't. I'll read it for you. The apostle Paul won the Galatians to Christ, the Galatian Christians. But it says in chapter four, verse 11, if you mark it down, Paul said, I'm afraid of you. I am afraid of you, church, lest I've labored in vain. He also says in chapter four, verse number 16, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I think as I speak to pastors daily on the phone, one of the things that's wearisome for them right now is how many people have run scared of this COVID and the shutdown across America and how many of them said, they've been here for a long time or they've been our dear friends or they've been close or they're faithful workers and they just left. It, there's a sweep across the country. This is not leaving time. This is not murmuring time. This is anchoring time. And we've seen and we've heard and we've put it all up here, but now if we're not careful, there's an action. And the action in the time of war is not the time to make decisions to flee and run. Generally, people who hear negativity are hearing that which is not the truth. And we act upon something that is not the truth. I don't know, I, I keep hearing this fake news, but I figured out on my phone, if it's not, if I, if it, it, it can push this little arrow and it gives the person's voice speaking. 
I, I really don't believe it unless I can hear the voice or hear, see the transcript. Because I found out that this person says this, and this reporter says, the president said you've got to insert bleach into your veins. How do you say that? One, once, once thinking you must, apparently, they say you put bleach. The other one say, I don't understand this stuff. I don't understand how you can have a, an interview with someone and then one reports this way and one reports just the opposite. One is lying. The problem that I see, what we get excited about following people that lie. Guard your eyes and guard your ears. We have a tendency to do that because we're fearful. But as we're fearful, we make wrong decisions. God said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you're X amount of years old, you say I'm single and I wanna get married. Well, that's a good ambition, that's a good thing to find a wife, that's a wonderful thing, or find a husband. But you begin to worry about it, you become, the worry is to divide the mind, James tells us. So I'm worrying about this situation and now that I'm worrying, my mind is divided and I cannot make a sound decision because a double-minded man is unstable, not in some of his ways, but all of his ways. I do not want to make a decision when my mind is split in two. And when I have faith and fear, it's not time to make a decision. Guard what we see and guard what we hear. Psalm 81, verse 10. I am the Lord thy God that brought thee out of Egypt. Open my, wide thy mouth and I will fill it. But Israel would not hearken unto my voice. Israel said, we don't, and they, the Bible says they stooped there, they stopped their ears. We, we don't want to hear. No, 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 don't talk to me, God. Don't talk to me. So God said, I gave them up unto their own hearts. God said, I gave them up to their own hearts, their own thinking. And they walked in their own counsel and they lusted after their ways. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me. They did not hearken to God, they hearkened to their fear and consequently their heart was tarnished, infected. They could not make a good decision. We must guard this brain, what we call the heart. Turn with me to Jeremiah, please. The book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 26. Jeremiah 26. Jeremiah was pleading with his people. Their mind had been so corrupted Consequently, they were saying, let's kill Jeremiah. We don't like Jeremiah. We don't like the prophets that God sent to. We don't want their message anymore. In verse two, thus saith the Lord, stand in the courts of the Lord, court of the Lord's house. He said, I, and, and what did he say the next day? Speak. He said, I want you to get to church. That's New Testament word I know. 
I want you to get to the temple. I want you to get to the house of God. I want this message preached at my house. And all the words I command thee to speak unto them diminish not a word. Verse number three. If so be they will, what's that word? Hearken. What does hearken mean? It means to listen. That means my ears. My ears have to be in this thing when I go to the house of God. If so be they will hearken and turn everyone from his evil way. Look at verse number four. Thus saith the Lord, if he will not hearken, there it is, if you don't listen to me, to walk in my law which I've set before you, to, verse five, what's the word? Hearken, there it is again, the words of my servants, the prophets whom I sent unto you, rising early and sending them, but ye have not, what's the word? Hearken, verse eight, and it came to pass when Jeremiah had made an end of what? Speaking, he used his mouth to speak, as the Lord had commanded him to speak to the people. And all the people, verse number nine, light apart, were gathered against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. Instead of receiving the message from God's man, the prophet of God, Jeremiah, they said, we don't want his message because we don't like it. And so what did they do with Jeremiah? Verse number 12, they spake, uh, uh, then spake Jeremiah and all the people unto the people saying, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against the city. All the words that I, ye have heard, I, I've told you. Now therefore amend your ways. But as for me, verse 14, behold, I am in your hand and do with me, it seems good to me. And ye know for a certain that ye will, uh, ye, ye put me to death, ye shall surely bring innocent blood upon you. They did not like what they had to hear. When we like it, people say, oh, I just like, and I think you ought to love your church and like your church and all that. But when people say, I just, I just like it all. Well, it ought to be running over our toes once in a while. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, by the way. Had some dear folks tonight that are in here, and thank God they really encouraged me. They said, we, we're loving coming to church. That's, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. But I hope that all of us are, I'm spoken of conviction, just listen to the fact that I need to get my ears open to God. Notice what he says, a, a, a father writes to his son, the book of Proverbs, Solomon writes to Rehoboam. And the Bible says, let's go to chapter one, shall we? Chapter one, verse five. Let's read verse five together, one five, where it says a wise man will, what's that word? Here, let's read it together, ready, begin. A wise man will hear, Look at verse number eight, notice the word here again. Let's read it together, ready, begin. My son, hear the instruction of my father, and forsake not the law of the Chapter four, verse number one, ladies. Oh, would you read this verse, ladies, verse, well, chapter four, verse one, the very first word is a powerful word. Ready, begin. Men, could you read verse number 10? First word, look what that says. Let's read it together. Ready, begin. Hear, Hear O oh my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. You're in chapter 5. Let's look at verse number 7. Let's read it together, men and women. Ready, begin. Hear me, my skipping over so many, but let's just get one more while we're here. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Listen to your dad. Listen to your mother. Listen to your grandfather. Listen to your grandmother. 
Listen to a Sunday school teacher. Listen to a youth pastor. Listen to a professor. Listen to a school teacher. Listen to your pastor. Listen to a pastor's wife. Listen to a deacon. Listen to a deacon's wife. Listen to a a wise older man, Titus 2. Listen to a wise older woman. Listen. God gave us two ears and one mouth, two eyes. Let's watch. Let's listen. Let's take it in. Let's not become the Monday, Monday, Monday morning quarterback. We are to guard what we hear. I had a, a preacher say to me several months ago this year, he said, you know, I know, and it's nobody around here, nobody, it's just somebody that, that I pastored, and they said this, they said, the pastor said, you know, I know they don't like North Valley, I know that. And I, I won't stand for that. But he says, you know, the wife, she just needs to vent. And so my wife sits down with her, and she doesn't answer or talk, but she lets her vent. That's like telling me, I, I, you tell me, lady, I don't like your wife. I hate your wife. But I just need to vent to you, pastor. You're not venting to me about my wife. That's dangerous. What are we thinking? You begin to hear things. We cannot help but speak the things we've seen and heard. And so I tell you how bad Brother McCracken is and how bad Mrs. McCracken is. They're excellent, godly, God-fearing people. I love them so much. What a gift to be their pastor. But you talk bad about them. You're talking about bad about some saints of God that I love dearly. I'm not going to listen to you. And we better be careful in the house of God because there's so much division worldwide. We were talking in the prayer room here just ahead of time. Several fellows said their wives had masks on in different stores and, and, and somebody came by and read them a riot act because it wasn't up high enough. You gotta be kidding me. We live in a day where everybody's minding one another's business right now. We have forgotten the scripture, be kind one to another. We're aggravated, we're angry, we're upset. Some people last week were shot and killed over a mask. Some were beat up over a mask. Now folks, that, that's that, what, it, what, what happened. We hear it and we hear it and, and we see it and we get talking about it and it's on the news and you have to have, a, it's all mandated, all this stuff and we get all mad about it and we go to the store ticked off and as soon as somebody violates it, we, ex, we, we let them have it. Mind your own business. Chill out. God has not given us that spirit. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. If you're not part of the problem or part of the solution, mind your own business. Tonight, and I'll say these things quickly and I think we'll wrap it up. Our ears What should we listen to? One, the voice of God. He still speaks. I know his voice. I do. And so do you. You would not be in a church on a Wednesday night if you did not know the voice of God. By the way, not only do I listen to the voice of God, I listen to the Holy Spirit of God who is God. My Bible says Three times in the book of Revelation, those seven church, seven times in those seven churches, he that hath an ear, let him what? Hear. What who? The Spirit saith unto the church. 
I've seen it so many times today in my life. So many things I wanted to say and the Spirit of God said, don't say it. Don't, don't say it. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. But I know that the Spirit of God tells me, go do this, go do that, don't do that. Go say this, don't say that. I, I want to be in such harmony with the Spirit of God that I know that he's leading me. That's his job. So, who do I listen to? Number one, who do I listen to? God. Who do we listen to, number one, what? Secondly, we listen to whom? The Holy Spirit. One, we listen to what? God. He walks with me. He talks with me. We listen to God. We listen to who is God. Secondly, the what? Holy Spirit. He's God. There are three that may reckon in heaven. These three are one. The Father, the Son, the Spirit. I listen to God. You listen to God. I listen to the Spirit. You know what I listen to? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. I listen to the Bible. Throughout the day. You know, I'm finding, I'm finding that in a sense, God's giving me messages faster than ever. But I'm finding after He gives me the truth, I'm studying more than I've ever studied. I, I, I could, I could for, for a Sunday morning, I could put in every day four, five, six, seven hours. And you see, you put that much time in on a 30-minute message, boy, you're going to have to study a lot more than that then, Pastor. I find that I go on wild goose chase, and, I, and I'm just determined during this COVID when there's no elementary chaplain, high school chaplain, college chaplain, Sunday school right now, I'm determined I'm going to study this book more and more and more. And I get off on a rabbit trail and I start searching words and studying words and checking. And I'm thinking, I'm probably not going to say this, but it helps to get in my heart. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If there's ever a time in my life I needed faith, it's today. I, I want to listen to the Bible I want to listen to God's word. God's going to speak. And so, so, so I'm listening. How does he speak? He speaks to me through himself, God. He speaks to me through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to me through the Holy Bible, the word of God. How does he speak to me? Titus chapter 2, older people. I think sometimes older people feel like, well, I'm useless. I'm old now. Can't teach the Sunday school class or can't sing in the choir. I don't or whatever. Uh, there's not much for, oh, the, you watch how I try to gravitate to you. I, I, even if you don't tell me something, I just want to be around people that have known God. I admire the people that have known God. I'm going to tell you something. A few that are older than I am, I want you to know something. There's not a person that's older than me or my age. There's not a person that has arrived at this point in their life that I've not had a, a, a lot of sorrow and setbacks. Many disappointments. Many earth-shattering experiences. And a person like that is who I want to be around. But he says, somehow, somehow, though many of them, are all of them their, their heart's been broken, it's been crushed, it's been this, it's been that. They're still going to church on Wednesday night. I want to be around someone like that. I want to watch them. I want to listen to them. I don't need to do all the talking. I, I, I was talking to someone the other day that's older than me by several years, many years. 
And we had a little bit of time. I just kept asking them questions. I'd ask the question and then listen. I'd ask another question, just listen. Uh, he's never preached a message in his life. I don't think he's ever taught Sunday school. But he's a godly, aged man. He's got so much that I can glean from his life. He's been married longer than I have been married. He's experienced things that I have never experienced. He's walked the journey of life and there's been sorrows in his heart and her heart, but somehow they still love God. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Bible. Listen to a wise, sainted, aged person. Some of you maybe even have grandparents right here. I, I never, I guess I had a, one grandfather I saw him only twice, and I never, my, my mother's parents were gone before she even was married. My grandmother was blind, and she died back in 62. Really never saw her but once. But I envy you people that have grandparents that you can talk to on the phone. I envy you people that have grandparents that you can talk to by email or FaceTime or stop by their house. I tell you, there is a wealth of information right there that if you'll just listen and listen and hear what grandma has to say or what grandpa has to say, if, if you would just listen, you could put something up here that is going to be used one day. Grandma could teach you some recipes. Grandma could teach you how to love a husband. Grandma could teach you how to make it through hardships. Grandma could teach you a scripture. Grandma could tell you something. I, I said it, uh, one of our members who's out of town in, in another state, we talked tonight, and he said, I'll tell you what, Sunday you quoted that verse. It was, it was uh, my, my text was, uh, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 1611. But I've said it in the past, God gave me that verse one day by my son. And Tim was here on staff, and he said, Dad, you know, and we're talking about the lack of joy a lot of times. He goes, Dad, you know, the problem is called Psalm 1611. And I drew a blank. I said, what's Psalm 1611? He said, in thy presence is fullness of joy. I've told you this before. It had to be 30, 35 years ago. John 15, 5, Brother, Brother Sly quoted to me. And I said, I don't, I know that verse. But where is that verse? And he gave me 15.5. Every time I get to there, I think of that verse, I think of Brother Sly. Brother Joel and Julie, we were talking one day years ago, and God gave me Revelation 2.10. And, uh, and, um, and I'll never forget that day, and I'll just never forget talking to them. And God, I, I read that text, and that text is what they gave to me. I want you to know that, that someone who's older than you, you ought to pull out of the Proverbs 20, verse 5, you pull wisdom out of a wise man. Wise men don't give a lot of opinions. I don't give opinions. I don't give direction. If someone has got their mind made up, I just smile, and I'll say, what do you think? And they'll say, I think this. I say, well, maybe that's what you ought to do. I'm not going to give my advice. No way because they already have it. They know what they're gonna do. Why make a an enemy? 
Why? I, I talked to someone today, and I tell you what, sincerely, they're seeking the will of God. But it's not like, got to have an answer today. Got to have an answer this month. Got to have an answer this year. Got to have it. But, but we're going down a process of praying and considering. I like that. I, I need to hear God's voice. I need to hear the Holy Spirit. I need to hear from the Word of God. For faith cometh by here. I need to hear wise counsel. I need to hear from a shepherd. Please don't think that the pastor is just there to marry and bury you. And again, I want everyone to stay here. But if you don't think I'm the right shepherd, go find one. Go find one that's a better shepherd, and you probably can. I'd say, lastly, listen to your parents. Children obey. That means you, you, you listen and you see. Listen to your mom. Why, why would you debate your mother? Why would you debate your father? I believe it was this week or last week or two weeks ago, somewhat, maybe it was this last week, I made a video for the college and something that might be online, I've never seen it. Did I see that video? I don't think so. But, but about coming to Bible college and I said there, and I never told my dad, I didn't want to go to Bible college, but my dad wanted me to go for one year. So I never told him I didn't want to go, I just went. You know, my dad had more prayer in my life and more investment in my life than I had myself at age 17. I did not want to go to school in Wisconsin. I wanted to go to Tennessee Temple. My dad died two years ago or three years ago. At his death, I never told my dad I didn't want to go where he told me to go to school. I didn't want to go to that school. But I didn't think I even had a vote because why? My dad was smarter than me. But my dad put me in that school. He said, that's the school I want you to go to. I called him my sophomore year, my uh, professor that was my favorite, and a lot of us were real close to him. He was leaving the school to go to another Bible college. And I said, Dad, these friends of mine are all going with him to this other Bible college, and I want to go. He goes, no, no, son, you just stay right there. That's where we start with you. Just stay right there. You're okay. You know, and, and he may be watching because I admire the professor to this day. He's in another college and been there much older than I am. But I will say this. I think he stayed only a year or two at that college. And now he's been probably 30 years at the new one. But I'm just saying, if I had left, that was the year I met this girl right here. Uh, her mother was dying during that year. And I have the letter, I read it right before my, I didn't read it at the funeral, I read it a few days before I flew back to my father-in-law's funeral a couple weeks ago. It was dated February uh, 1971. And I said, dear Jack Treber, I'd like you to come and candidate at my church for this position. And they said, we'll, we'll come up and get you up in the, uh, another state or we'll, we'll drive you or if you have a car, we'll pay for your gasoline, whatever. I've got the letter right now. I can put my hand right on it. I've had it all these years. That's going to be 50 years. And it was at that church I met the pianist. You know, that all goes back not to my wisdom. 
I didn't want to be there. It goes back to my dad's wisdom. I I would never make a major decision without your parents. I'd never make a major decision without praying with your pastor over it. Seeking the face of God. Not for a day, not for a week. I mean, give give me some time. Let's walk through this together. I'd never make a decision, a major decision, without some wise counsel from someone who's been down the path of life. I'd never make a scripture, a decision without the scripture speaking to my heart. I'd never make a decision without the prompting of the Holy Spirit or without God moving on my heart. I've got my ear, I want my ears so open to God. Turn with me in closing to 2 Peter and we're done. 2 Peter in chapter two. As you turn to 2 Peter, you've listened so well tonight. We began by saying we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. There are two avenues to the mind. There are, two, there are two avenues to the mind, the eye and the ear. What comes in here and what comes in here is gonna wind up up here. This is a computer, it stores everything. That's why I said, and I was singing it in my Bible time, I think yesterday morning, maybe the day before again, I haven't sung it since, but I, I thought of that song, that little chorus, I, th- I got figured it had been 55 years since I have sung that chorus, and it was a long chorus. I wrote it down in my prayer journal several months ago. I remembered every single word to that chorus. I haven't, I don't think I've, uh, I've thought of that chorus in 55 years. I don't think it even passed my mind at least that long but my computer up here stored it. And it came through my eye gate and came through my ear gate. We can't help but speak the things we've seen and heard. I want you to see in closing 2 Peter 2 and we'll be done. Here's a man by the name of Lot. And Lot, you know what happened, he moved into Sodom. In verse seven he delivered just Lot vexed with the filthy conversation and behavior of the wicked. Verse number eight. Verse eight. For that, what's the next two words? That what? What kind of man was Lot? A righteous man. That righteous man dwelling among them in, there's two words. What's the first one? And what did he do with his heart? He vexed his righteous soul because he saw wrong every day, he heard wrong every day, and he filed it here, and consequently he says, I've gotta have that well-watered plain, I've gotta have that Sodom, because I, 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 I might lose my daughters, I might lose my sons, I might lose my sons-in-laws, I might lose my daughter-in-laws, I might lose my wife, which was nine other people, and Abraham was pleading, if there's 10 righteous people in the city, Please don't destroy it. He didn't even get his own family in because he kept seeing and hearing sin. Oh, be careful of the ears, what you hear. As a boy would sing, and I love that song. Brother Martinez, in a moment, you'll sing it for us. I can hear my Savior calling. Let's pray together. Father, today if we will hear his voice, I want to hear your voice. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. I thank you so much for the privilege to be in church tonight. 
I thank you that these people have made this place a priority. I wonder, I wonder how many Wednesdays or Sundays we have left. I wonder all of those things that could happen. God, I pray that I'd keep my eyes fixed on Jesus and my ears and tuned to thee so that I might file in my mind that which is good and righteous and holy, that which is honest and pure and of good report. I treasure these days. I treasure Sundays and Wednesdays. We've taken it for granted so long in this country. It appears that there's about 20 governors that don't want us to have church. God, I pray that as a mighty army, the church would wake up. And as Brother Cooper said for men's prayer, may we realize that we are carrying a responsibility right now. We need to step, step up to the plate and become prayer warriors. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.